Welcome to the Brunch and Slay podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration. Well, we remember that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm your host, Amira Sane, founder of Brunch and Slay, a lifestyle brand created to inspire women to live their best life every day. and welcome back to the Rent and Slave podcast. I am so excited to have you guys back. It has been a whirlwind. 2018 is here and today this is a real jewel for all the PR and media relations folks who are in our tribe. We have today a woman who is named by Huffington Post as one of the top 25 African-American PR millennials to watch. She is the head of corporate communications for Kroger, which is the third largest retailer in the world. You heard me right, the third largest retailer in the world, who is, and is also a supporter of Brunch and Slay. So without any further ado, I want to welcome Miss Crystal Howard. Hey, Crystal. Hey, how are you? It's so great to connect with you. I'm thrilled to be your first guest of 2018. Yay! <laughs> I'm more thrilled. I'm so excited to have you. I met Crystal in 2017. This is, you know, you know what? I just realized that January to January. It is a full year. It's come full circle. Yes. So that's even more exciting. And Crystal has had a kick-ass year to say the least. And I cannot wait for you guys to get to know her and her journey. And I'm going to start by allowing Crystal to tell you guys a little bit about her background and who she is. And she is also a fellow Texan. Whoop, whoop. Yeehaw. <laughs> I always have to add that in. And it, it's great now living in the Midwest. So, uh, you know, that's part of my story. And thank you again for having me on the show. So I am a Texas native, born in Austin, Texas. Uh, and people really geek out and love that little tidbit about me. Uh, but it, it's my hometown. That's where my immediate family is. So born and raised there and just had a beautiful upbringing. I was part of a, a blended family and, you know, we never used the term half. It was always like, that's my sister. So I have two awesome older sisters and, and great parents that still live in the Austin area. And when I graduated from high school, there was always that some that thing in me, uh, and you could even see it, you know, within my childhood. I loved to write. I loved to read. I was always ambitious. If you talk to my parents, they'll tell you about the lawn care service I had when I was about eight or nine, which consisted of me going, you know, door to door to local, you know, neighbors' homes, and I'm like, hey, I had a hustle. I was like, I'll water your plants for two bucks, right? Uh, but but it certainly planted a seed within me um, and truly showed my parents like this girl has drive. She has ambition. She's inventive. Uh, and they did a great job of helping build me in that way by putting me in various programs, whether it was Girl Scouts or uh, ensuring that I was taking piano lessons or just, you know, positioning me to, to be the best version of myself. So when I turned 18 and graduated from high school, uh, I left the nest. I didn't go terribly far, but I went to Houston and landed at the University of Houston. And really the rest is history. And I love Houston and Austin with all of my heart, but I can truly say that Houston 
shaped me to be the woman that I am personally and professionally. That's awesome. So I have to ask, do you still play the piano? I don't. <laughs> That's a great question. I should have stuck with it. Uh, I, I, I'll put it this way. I'm a I have a great appreciation for music. I'm not musically inclined, so don't ask me to play an instrument or sing, um, but I genuinely have a great appreciation for, for music and it's a, a daily part of my life. Well, well, you know what? I love to follow your Instagram. You're always doing something really cool and traveling to the most extreme places. So we'll definitely have to touch on that too. I could totally, now that I know that you're totally from Austin, it makes sense. Yeah, that's what I loved about you, that granola part about you. That it all comes together. And, you know, there, there's a there's a hidden part in me that still lives there. So I think those who are part of my innermost tribe, they see that a little bit. Like, I'm very mellow. I'm very laid back. And, you know, you mentioned my Instagram. I just, so, okay, for those who know me will know that I had an Instagram way back when. Uh, but I just, you know, I didn't know much about branding at that time. So I kind of killed the page and I just relaunched my new um, kind of Instagram presence, if you will, when I transitioned from Houston to Cincinnati for my new role. Uh, but it's fun. But kind of going back to that granola part, like I'm just very chill and mellow. And a big part of me is actually anti-social media, believe it or not. Uh, but I understand that it's a it's a powerful marketing tool and it's a powerful tool to build your reputation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's so crazy how much the world has changed since social media was introduced into mainstream society. Um, I, it's almost like, what did we do before we had it? You know, and it's so scary. You know, there are so many statistics and studies out there that show, you know, how many times a day we touch our phone, like in the hundreds and thousands for, you know, even some people as we're frequently checking, you know, our status updates and our feeds and emails or sending a text. Uh, but it's really important to me, you know, just as a person and what helps keep me centered and grounded is to maintain healthy, strong, meaningful relationships offline uh, and, and being able to understand that uh, social media is a, a powerful tool and it's a great way to network and stay connected, but it's, it's even more important to maintain healthy and honest and vibrant relationships offline. I totally agree. I mean, I am a social butterfly in case you haven't figured it out. <laughs> It's literally embedded in me, and my daughter picked that up, too, so I don't know what I'm going to do. Now, I know that you truly made it your mission to support women and empower women and young ladies. Why has that been so important to you? It, it's wired in me. You know, I was, I was, again, very fortunate growing up that I had parents that showed me what it was to be compassionate and giving not only of words of encouragement, but of your time. So there was a seed that was planted in me early on. And genuinely, I've been a lifelong mentor. I can think when I was in junior high, I was part of PALS, Peer Assistance Leadership. And there I was, all of 11 or 12, and I was mentoring elementary students. And that kind of you know, followed me through high school and through college. In some way, I've just always have felt a, a yearning and a leaning toward kind of giving back to young people and, and exposing them to maybe a side of the world that they haven't seen. You know, when I was at U of H, I was a reading tutor at uh, inner city middle school and it just broke my heart 
uh, and I honestly say this, to have a sixth or seventh grader come into that classroom and not be able to read a simple sentence such as the dog caught the ball. And it was absolutely heartbreaking and would shatter my heart every single time uh, when I would encounter a student that was at such a disadvantage. Um, and just really from there out, I just made it my mission to give more of myself and to share my gifts and my talents um, with, with the world and with, you know, boys and girls alike. But I certainly have a have a soft spot for, for young ladies because I understand that struggle. And in today's world, as we were speaking to social media, um, just how much more, you know, complex and challenging it is than even when we were growing up. So I had the opportunity to join Big Brothers and Big Sisters when I was 23. Uh, and I can't believe at 23, I was that mature. Um, but at 23, I became a mentor to a young lady named Ashley. So I hope that she'll listen to this. She's a, she's a rock star and she's actually an adult now and is married and has a child. Um, but when I was matched with her, she was about 12 or 13 and Ashley, oh my God, a diamond in the rough, uh, true definition, all the smarts and capabilities um, that one could possess. Uh, but, you know, sometimes we just don't know how to get to the next step. And I can relate to that even now in my life uh, and just being able to guide her and steer her. And she was able to graduate top 10 percent of her class and was um, you know, accepted at Texas Southern University. Um, and I'm just so I'm just so proud of her. But it's, it's those things um, I've seen. I've seen the 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 kind of cycle, if you will, some generational cycles broken just by um, mentoring and kind of shedding light and giving advice. Oh, you just said a lot in that, in that statement. I mean, seriously, when we think about, I mean, generational uh, curses or opportunities that are missed oftentimes, and you just talked about giving the best thing, and that's your time. You know, a lot of us, we get caught up, and I'm laughing when you said pal, I thought about that. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Because you don't understand why. I think they knew I just wanted to kind of be out of school for Yeah, maybe so, huh? They could weed it out. And I'm still not that fond of small children. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. Yeah, where's your daughter at? You know, it's so funny because people tend to think, you know, they call us overachievers as folks who love to be involved. But I, I understand when you have a yearning on your heart to connect with your community, it's something that literally feeds. It's really kind of selfish because we get a high and we get a, a, that feeling of reward, that gratitude that comes from truly helping somebody achieve their goals. It's something that you can't measure and you can't buy and you can't sell. And kudos to you. I could totally see you, first of all, being mature enough at 23 to help and mentor anybody. Right? <laughs> um, Thank but you. I, I think it's beautiful. And when you started speaking about the young ladies and men that you helped in the reading, I immediately thought about Tiffany Haddish, who is you know, yeah. another black girl who's killing it and being so open and vulnerable and sharing her struggle of reading at a, you know, at a young age. And I say that to say, I think a lot of times people are put into boxes because they learn differently. That's it. Um, and I think that doesn't mean 
that you are less than because maybe you're not that great at math or you don't catch on. When you're when teachers are forced to teach 30 and 40 children to read and you don't have someone at home who is reiterating or reinforcing what those folks are telling you in class because they're working and providing for their families, not because they are slackers or are not good parents, it's because they have to provide for you. I and I, I agree. And to that point about we all learn differently, you know, and even my oldest niece, Michelle, she has dyslexia. So I know firsthand the importance of customized education. And I won't, you know, get on my entire soapbox, but, you know, something that I'm equally passionate about is like education equality, no matter your zip code, no matter your neighborhood. Um, but education sets you up for success. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And, and this, this show is all about soapboxes. So it's, <laughs> it's totally okay if that's what you want to do. But before I go too far left, uh, can you tell everybody what it really means to be the head of corporate communications? What, what oh my gosh, it means not a lot of sleep. <laughs> uh, but, but genuinely, I say that, you know, retail, it's a, it's a very dynamic business. So for those of you who are familiar with Kroger, uh, we are, or I should say, are not familiar with Kroger. We are a grocery retailer and we operate across 35 states in DC. Uh, and our operation consists of about 2,800 stores and about half a million employees. Um, so it's, it's phenomenal. You know, retail, there are so many facets to it. You know, I always laugh. I can remember several years ago when I was at, a, I was working at a marketing agency and I was making the transition over to Kroger, um, you know, and I was communicating that to friends and other people. And they're like, okay, so which store are you going to work at? And I was like, not quite. Uh, going, going to the corporate, I still giggle about that, but I get it. You know, you think of grocery shopping as such a personal, intimate experience. So when you think of a grocery store, you think of like, oh, that place I go to buy cereal and milk and bread, um, not understanding that grocery retail is a, it's a, it's a big business. Um, and there are many facets to it. There's the operations leg, real estate, finance, marketing, legal, asset protection, I could go on and on and on, but I love every single thing that I do. And no two days are ever the same. It's a dynamic business. You know, one day I could be coordinating a podcast or a trade show. The next day I'm on the phone with the Wall Street Journal or Bloomberg or CNBC or the next moment I'm, you know, perhaps writing a speech for one of our executives. Um, so no day is dull. We'll put it that way. Uh, I mean, talk about living the dream. That is so exciting. Um, and I'm so glad we are in the community, I mean, community relations and all those folks out there who know and calling and yearning, something that's attainable, killing it. How did you feel seeing your name? and being featured in Huffington Post. Like? You know, there are still moments in my life, in my career, and I just go, how did I get here? I, I've never been able to understand when people say that until, in essence, it happened to me very recently, and you just kind of take a step back and you just have, you know, your moments of reflection and gratitude and awe. Uh, so it's still at times very surreal to me, but I always joke with my friends like, hey, I'm the same OG. Like I've just, 
Um, I'm just I'm just very grateful and I'm blessed and to be acknowledged by Huffington Post and to receive some of the other accolades that I have. It just motivates me to continue to be the best me and to continue to sharpen my game and continue to uh, give back what I've learned along the way. Yeah. So in a nutshell, I mean, they're hearing a lot of great things about you. You're funny. You're a corporate woman. You're a millennial woman. You are a woman who's willing to take risks. You will move across the country to pursue your dreams. You're a traveler. Describe Crystal in a hashtag. So is it a single hashtag? Okay, you can get it. <laughs> Go ahead. Ball out. Oh, man. Um... Gosh, that's so good. You've caught me on the spot. One thing you should know about me, uh, I think and then I talk. <laughs> so the pause that you're receiving, uh, I, I'm thinking, oh my gosh. Um, one, I'm, gonna, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is so good. You've really, you're really making me think and reflect. Um, well, we can come back to it. You just keep thinking. I am. Okay, we, let's come back to that one. Yeah, let's come back. Now, your career has been, like you said, you weren't always with Kroger and, you know, with the third largest retailer in the world. Um, let's talk about what was the most surprising thing and how you pivoted uh, in, the, in your journey to get to where you are now. Yeah. Was there something in your career that really was like that fork in the road that really made you either just step it up or turn, change directions totally? Yeah, that's great. And, okay, I have my hashtag, and I'm going to go back to <laughs> – then I'll go back to your question. <laughs> okay. Hashtag ready. I'm, I'm always, I'm ready for anything, right? So if it's like, hey, Crystal, let's go to Spain. I'm ready. It's like, hey, Crystal, we have an interview in five minutes. I'm ready. Like, let's do it. <laughs> yes. Stay ready so you don't have to get That's it. Okay. Okay. So now that I know, you see how sporadic I am. Okay. <laughs> um, but, wow, my journey. Um. You know, something that I heard, um, and it's Pastor Torrey Roberts, and he oversees, um, which is now, it was formerly um, One Church LA out in California, and it's now the Potter's House um, LA. It's, it's, and it's always stuck with me. It's, you know, you should always have a mentor and you should always be mentoring someone, you know, as we were, you know, just having some casual chat before the podcast started. I, I, you know, it was genuinely a couple of years ago where I reached a point in my career where I plateaued. Um, like I was just, I, I, I wasn't growing. I wasn't being intellectually simulated. And it, it's funny, you know, as we're having this conversation, I was kind of going back through the notes on my phone. I'm just an avid kind of note taker. And I write, I have a running bucket list and I have kind of a running diary and a, a running list of special moments in my life. And it was funny to see it. So it was perhaps June 2016. I can remember I was listing out all of the various companies um, that I would be willing to entertain and work for. Because again, I had just reached a point in my life where I was like, I know there's more for me. And it's kind of, you know, when, when you feel it in your heart and in your mind, you're like, 
I've mastered this level and I know there's another level, but I just, I, I felt stuck and I didn't know how to get to the next level. Um, so one thing that I started to do, I started to kind of, you know, look for those people that I could trust and confide in, could confide in um, for sound advice. And of course, I'm a spiritual person. So just ask, you know, for God to reveal to me what was next. Um, and, you know, the more I started to talk about it with people and the more I started to put it in the universe, the universe talked back to me and responded to me. Um, and here I am now and it's January 2018 and this is my absolute dream role. Yeah, so you got quiet. I got quiet. I got still. Um, and, and, and here's the thing, you know, in that season, uh, I think that's something that's important and I have to continually remind myself, you know, when I have my moments of doubt or frustration, like it's just a season. It's not a lifetime, but it's a season. But in that season, I was still diligent. I still performed at 100 percent. Um, I still, you know, especially during that time, I think it's a good point when I had that season of stillness and of uncertainty, I took the opportunity to better myself. I can remember taking a kind of 10 week creative writing course. I took a photography course. Um, so I would encourage anyone who's out there who feels as if they have plateaued. It's like seek out something new until your next thing comes. That, that is so awesome. <laughs> Isn't it? There, there I am. <laughs> oh, gee. No, I love that. I mean, because oftentimes we've, I know I've been there and I've definitely been there in my career to where I was like, could do it in my sleep in certain positions and it's comfortable. And you know, you're, you're making a good living. It's very easy to just stay stagnant, but we have to continue to challenge ourselves. And a lot of times that, that can be scary. Um, so I, you know, commend you for even being willing to do the work and allow yourself to get quiet and listen and hear what was supposed to be. That's why, you know, it's okay to just take a moment and take a step back or learn something new and let that creativity flow. A lot of people say I'm not creative, but everybody's creative in different paths. I, I like to think. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Both. Yeah. I, I agree. And. You know, for those things that you can control, control them to the best of your ability. Um, but, you know, one of my things I just tried uh, and I didn't get it right every night and every time, but I tried not to, to get overly frustrated and overly, if you will, you know, down and out about it. Um, but I did all that I could do on my end. And, and again, kind of going back to hashtag ready, hashtag say ready. I ensured that I did the work. So when I got the call, when I received the email, I was ready. So whether that was updating my resume, taking the appropriate headshots, taking that creative writing program, expanding my network, uh, I, I took all the necessary steps. So again, when I got that call, received the email, I was ready to go. Love it, and that's some awesome advice. So I know that you are also a avid TED Talk watcher listener. What is one of your favorite or a couple of your favorites that really like stuck with you? Gosh, you know, one of my favorites um, is was produced by Tim Ferriss. So he's also the author of the four hour work week. Um, but his TED talk is related to stoicism. Um, and it's really kind of the, the concept of equanimity, right? It's 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 maintaining balance and just maintaining a level of centerness, uh, if that's even a word, um, 
despite no matter what comes at you, it, it's saying kind of even killed, no matter the good and the bad, um, but just staying grounded and centered and not allowing kind of life's negative events to knock you over. Because again, it's just a season and know that this too shall pass. So that's one of my favorite TED Talks again by Tim Ferriss. Um, and it's all about stoicism. I will definitely have to check that one out. Um, I love TED Talks as well. Everybody knows I'm a podcast junkie and I love TED Talks. I love just being filled up because sometimes we don't even realize we're empty. Uh, and then you get a little something or a twinkle that reminds you of the basics and it's just like fuel, you know? And so that's why I love to constantly tap into things like that. I love it. And you know, I will, I'll share this tidbit with you. Um, presenting a TED talk is on my bucket list. I have no idea what I'll talk about, but just know it's on my bucket list and I'll make it happen one day. Well, it'll be there. Trust. Just, you just put it out there. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Listening who's putting on a TED talk or a TEDx talk right now and they're like, say what? She wants to talk? Okay. Yeah. Let me call her. So yes, it's coming. Re well, you're ready. I I'm ready. <laughs> you see? <laughs> now, I might have to do a little more preparation for that <laughs> I think you can. I, I really do. So I, I really, you know, I really, I've always been a Kroger supporter. Uh, I'm a Texas girl, so you know, I love the neighborhood signature stores. I always have. So when we connected to me, it just made sense. And by connecting with you, I learned even more about you know Kroger's brands and how much they did in the community. And I watch it obviously now that you guys have supported Brunch and Play. I stay tuned and I see so much, so many things that you guys do. Tell everybody a little bit about the Zero Hunger, Zero Waste. Uh, program that you guys launched in this past year? Yeah, so Kroger has always had a commitment to helping feed people really since our inception in 1883. So yes, believe it or not, Kroger has been around since the late 1800s. So there's just a lot of great history there. And our, our founder, Barney Kroger, that was genuinely one of his missions um, just to help feed people and, and local communities. And of course, that cause has since expanded and it's a total company initiative. And er, well, I was gonna say earlier this year, I have to wake up, we're in 2018 now. Uh, in, in September, we introduced an initiative called Zero Hunger, Zero Waste. And it's really Kroger's moonshot to eliminate hunger in the communities where we operate and to eliminate waste. Um, so waste meaning, you know, plastic and byproducts, um, but also a big focus on eliminating food waste within our company by 2025. And it's really aggressive, but we certainly believe with the collaboration of our employees and with partners such as Feeding America and World Wildlife Fund and many other agencies and customers that we can reach that goal. And I, and I have to commend you guys publicly for everything that she did for the city of Houston during her after Hurricane Harvey. Um, I mean, you guys were everywhere from creating mobile pharmacies and just giving back. And a lot of folks don't, and, and even now I'm watching the news and I'm seeing all the snowstorms and all the craziness that's going on. I can't even imagine what those folks are going through because it's cold. Um, and that's totally different from what we experienced with, you know, all the water and it being hot outside. And I just, I just say, you know, kudos to you guys and thank you for all that you've done for our city. Uh, thank you for all you've done for Brunch and Slay. Thank you for continuing to care enough about the community to give back because I, everybody just doesn't do that. No, you know, and that was really important to us. And, 
you know, again, me being a, a Texas, na Texas native and being with Kroger for nearly eight years now and majority of that time being in the Houston area, like I live through, you know, my fair share of hurricane threats and tropical storms. And, you know, we take great pride in being able to be there for our customers and having product on our shelves, you know, for hurricane preparedness. Um, but it was just miraculous to see what we were able to do post Hurricane Harvey. And actually, I got on the one of the first flights um, back to Houston as soon as I could from Cincinnati. It was just so important for me to be back in the city and to be able to, to help um, with some of our efforts on the ground there and connect with family and friends in the Houston area but thank you so much um, for just those, those kind words and it was certainly a labor of love and we would do it all over again yes and you know I hope you guys can see now why Crystal is definitely someone you should be following she is a woman to know Huffington Post got it right uh, when I saw that post I just kind of did my little black girl magic dance <laughs> yes. you know because a lot of times like you said you don't know because you're in it um, you don't realize that you're making a difference, and you are. So I commend you publicly, and I am cheering for you. I am rooting for you, and I know that the best is, is just to come. You are not even in a, a tip of what is to come, so I cannot wait to see that TED Talk. Oh, gosh, you're so great, and I just want to publicly say to you, like, wow, as an entrepreneur, as a visionary, and as an innovator, like, I just admire up close and from afar just what you are doing through Brunch and Slay and how you are empowering women to take hold of their lives and careers and just to go after it and, and just pursue the life that they want, that we all want, um, and define life on your own terms and not anyone else's. And I commend you for that. So where can everybody follow you and support you? Um, so on Twitter at Crystal Howard uh, and on Instagram at crystal.howard. And don't worry, guys. I will put the correct spelling in the uh, Thank you. I was going <laughs> to shout that out. <laughs> Thanks. Not all crystals are spelled the same way. So, yes, we and yes, we will definitely take care of that. And I am so thankful that you were able to join us this week. I cannot wait to share your story with the Brunch and Slay tribe. I am cheering for you. I am rooting for you. And if we can ever do anything to help Kroger help you, I'm here. You know, I'm just a text, phone call, email, whatever away. And I thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. You are certainly welcome, guys. And you know what? If you are loving Brunch and Slay, the podcast, as much as I'm loving doing this every week, make sure that you have subscribed. Make sure that you share. Uh, make sure that you review because review is how more people hear about us. Reviewing, not review. <laughs> Reviewing is how more people hear about us. I continually thank you guys for your support. You guys make me the happiest woman every day to be able to do what I love. So thank you. And until next time, I'm Amir Sane. And this is